Well, good evening, everybody. Good evening if you are watching online. We're glad you could join us. Um, if you have a Bible, grab it and turn to Matthew 26. Matthew 26. We'll get there in a few minutes, but just so you, you're getting there beforehand. So um, great to be able to be back um, in church on the Wednesday night. So uh, thrilled with that. So tonight what we're going to talk about is, we're going to talk about, um, we're going to talk about sleep. I didn't have any sleep last night, a really bad sleep, so I thought, what else are we going to talk about? So I thought we'd talk about sleep. So um, I suppose before we get going, my hope is that I don't put you to sleep. That's the starting place. If I do that, we're, we're doing okay. So maybe we should start off with a joke or an icebreaker type thing. Um, does anybody know what you call a cow that plays a guitar? A musician. Is that a good joke? Online, if you like that joke, would you press the heart or you press the thumbs up for me? Um, that is a Nushi and Kelly joke, and I just wanted to make them famous with that tonight. But you didn't come here to see a comedy club, so uh, we will get going into the message. So we're in Matthew 26, but going to do a little bit to get there before we, we end up there, but... Glad you could join us. It's good to be back in church on the, on the Wednesday night. It's been strange to be away. And um, tonight the idea is, are you sleepy? And, uh, you know, I believe when I look around, I, I read many prayer letters, I see what other churches are doing. I know there's lots of churches that haven't started to meet again and stuff like that. And there's lots of, lots of stuff that churches were doing that they're not doing. There's a lot of stuff that Christians were doing and they're not doing. There's a lot of stuff I was doing and I'm not doing. And the idea about are we sleepy uh, in the message tonight is the challenge to us to wake up pre-COVID. We're coming out of COVID and all that happened with that. And the idea is we need to wake up and get moving. So um, this is what it's like in the men's home. If you see the picture on the screen there where people coming in and they're doing the wake up in the morning at New Hope. So it's rise and shine princess, okay? Christopher likes being called princess when he's woken up in the morning. So uh, we, we, we do that every day, so we are glad to be able to share that with us. But if you look there in, uh, in verse uh, 1 of chapter 60 of Isaiah, it says, Arise, shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon thee. You know, God wants us to wake up. We have a light to shine. We have a, a, a way of being that we should resonate our Christian life in the world around us. Um, I'm sure you've all had your mother come in or your father or somebody nice and say, rise and shine, it's time to get up. Does anybody ever say that to you? Well, what it is, it's a military term. And it's not just a nice little sweet rise and shine. It's rise, get out of your bed right now and start shining your boots and all that kind of stuff, okay? So it sounds nicer when your mother's doing it and she has that little voice that making you feel nice and soft and doing that little get up out of bed call. But uh, it's not, it's much more than that. It's a military term, term, so it's rise and shine. So the idea is we need to wake up and we need to get active. We need to get busy about what we should be doing. You know, COVID is hopefully gone. You know, it's just getting less and less, I suppose. The restrictions are moving in the right direction. We're thrilled to see that. But, you know, we need to reassess where we are. God has done some amazing things in our church uh, it's been able to be kept going. The online stuff has been super, much better than I thought it would be. 
Um, but God has done some amazing things, even with all the contacts online and all that kind of stuff that goes on. But we're coming out with COVID and what are we going to do? Do we just keep going in this sleepy kind of mode that we've been in? You know, do we just keep going? You know, I wasn't sure how Wednesday nights were going to turn out when we started getting back to Wednesday nights. And Pastor says, yeah, we're going back to Wednesday nights. I'm like, we're going back to Wednesday nights. <laughs> because your life was something different, you know. And we have been in church on Wednesday nights forever. It's just, it's just been different. And I suppose when you get out of mode or you get out of habit of doing certain things, it can be hard to get back doing them. So that's the idea or the thoughts that's going through my, uh, tr- that have been going through my head. And I think we need to wake ourselves up and get active for God again. Many that were doing stuff are no longer doing stuff. And I'm not just talking about here. I'm talking about the church in general and the people I see online and friends that I have. There's a lot of stuff that was going that's not going anymore. And there's a, like our Sunday evening service isn't going anymore. It'll probably never go again. You know, who knows? Who knows what God will do? But we had a Sunday night service here all my life, I suppose. And, uh, you know, COVID has just changed things. And I think we need to reassess and refocus. doesn't mean we have to do everything that we were doing. But I think we have to do more than we are doing. And I think we can do more. I think we've just gotten into a place where we've kind of, we've been cruising. And I think it's time to reassess, reevaluate, and maybe get moving again. Uh, if you're watching on Facebook, we are so glad you have joined us. Uh, grab uh, your Bible and turn to Matthew 26, if you will, online if you're there. Um, but let's look at the next slide. Because there's a, there's a number of people in the Bible that had issues when they slept, okay? And uh, the first one I thought about was Samson. You know, what happened when he went and he slept on the loyalist's knees? What happened to him? He got a haircut. He got his dreadlocks cut off. His, his locks of hair he got cut off. And you know what? Things didn't work out well for poor Samson, didn't it now? Uh, he woke up. And what had happened to him when he woke up every sleep, every slumber? He wished not that the Holy Spirit had left him, the Bible says. He was powerless when he woke up. What about poor Adam? The, uh, Jared just talked about the lovely wedding with Orrin and Kelly last week. But poor Adam fell asleep. And what happened to him? He lost a rib. What happened to him then? He lost his freedom. He ended up being married to Eve. And look how that turned out. <laughs> but, 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 you know, uh, Adam fell asleep and lost a rib. He gained a wife, so I suppose that's a good thing. But you know what? Let's look at somebody else, because there's, there's many we could go into. What about Jonah? What happened with Jonah? Jonah was on the run from God. Where was he? He was on a ship going to Joppa. He was, he was get, trying to get away from God. He didn't want to go and preach in Nineveh. Uh, he would rather all the, the Ninevites go to hell than him go and preach to them. He hated them that much. And what did he do? He went to sleep on the boat. How did that turn out from? Well, God caused a storm to wake him up. He was woken up, and ultimately, like on the picture, he, got, he, he volunteered to get killed. He volunteered to get thrown overboard. He, he would rather die at that point in his life than go back and preach to the Ninevites. You know what? He should have been a witness to Nineveh, but he spent his time avoiding God's call in his life and doing what God would have him to do, and he went on the run. I wonder, is there anybody on the run from God tonight? Is there anybody that should be involved in ministry, that should be doing stuff for God, but you're on the run? You know, uh, in, in class the other day at New Hope, we, we started looking at David and David and Bathsheba's story. Um, David is one of them men that was found on his bed asleep in late, late afternoon. What happened when he got out of his bed? 
he ended up seeing Bathsheba when he was walking upon the roof of his house, seeing Bathsheba having a bath, and he ends up having an affair with Bathsheba and killing uh, his friend, her husband, uh, in order to cover up his sin. You see, when he should have been with the ark of God and with God's people and with God's army, doing what God wanted him to do, he found himself in slumber and asleep in the middle of the afternoon when he should have been active and out there uh, doing what God would have him to do. You see, sleep is one of them things that can get a hold of us and we just take the foot off the gas. We want to relax. We've maybe put a lot of effort in in the past and it's hard to get yourself geared up to go again. You know, it's hard to get yourself motivated to go again. Same on our Friday night. There's only a few people coming on a Friday night, but it wasn't always like that, but it's hard to get yourself motivated to go again. And life gets busy, and we, we get busy doing stuff. Um, you know, what about this story? This is one of my, my favorite stories. Um, Acts 20, verse 9. Um, sleeping when you should be listening. Hopefully that's not you tonight. If you're on, watching online, please wake yourself up. Uh, and don't sit near a window. Let's look at the verse. The Bible says in Acts 20, verse 9, and they... Uh, there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus. And being fallen asleep into a deep sleep, as Paul was long preaching. You see, it's biblical that you preach long, okay? Now, I preach long tonight only for there's a Man United match on later on, so I'm very aware of that. So I have motivation to be finished on time. But Paul preached long, and he's a good example for us. Paul was long preaching. This fella sunk down with sleep. And he fell from the toward loft, three stories up, fell real high, and was taken up dead. The bloke fell asleep and Paul was preaching, fell out the window and was dead. So you guys probably should shimmer over from those windows and keep yourself safe in church. But uh, sleeping while he should have been listening. Maybe God wanted to say something to him during that message, but he found himself drifting. I wonder what us in our lives... Has God been trying to get your attention? Does God want you to do something, but you've been sleeping? You haven't been attentively listening. You know what? Um, sleeping creates vulnerability. Sleeping creates vulnerability. When we're not on it, when we're not, you know, being diligent about our walk, when we're not being diligent about what we do in our relationship with God, you're going to find that you become vulnerable. Romans 13, 11 says this, it says, and, um, and that, knowing the time, that now is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is salvation nearer than when we believed. You know what, time is short, our time here on earth is short, and we need to make sure that we're using it to the best of what God would have us to do. You know, many are asleep and don't know it, many are asleep and they don't care, you know, we need to wake up. You know what, if you grab your Bible now, we're going to be in Matthew 26. Better, I didn't put the verses on the screen. It's better that you look at them in your own Bible. Uh, so please have a look at the Bible. That's always best. Um, in the story that we're going to talk about, you're going to find that the disciples are sleeping. That's the common thread through everything, I suppose. Um, and I want you to look at verse 45 with me. And it says, Then cometh he to his disciples and said unto them, Sleep now, take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand. And that the Son of Man is betrayed into the hand of sinners. Royals, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. You know what? The disciples got sleepy and slept despite of God. 
uh, working in their life, in spite of their position as the people of God. You know what? These guys that were sleeping at this moment, they were Jesus' disciples. They were the hand-picked chosen men. These were the, the cream of the crop. Yeah, they couldn't stay awake. They couldn't stay awake to pray. They slept. Even though their position as leaders, they still slept. What about their performance in the work of God? You know, they had accomplished great things in the past three years. They had seen God do many miracles uh, over those three years. Yet they slept. You know, what about how close they were to God, their proximity to the Son of God? They, they lived with Jesus. They ate with Jesus. They slept with Jesus. They were with him all the time for those three years. They couldn't have been any closer. You know, he even, look at verse 37. Uh, of Matthew 26, and he took him, Peter, and the two sons of Zebedee, and began being sorrowful and very heavy. You know what? He even took them further with him, those, those three guys, further with him into the garden, further in the relationship with him, showed them more, yet they slept. You know what? None of us are immune to spiritual sleep. You know, Jesus, after three attempts to wake them from their sleep, uh, simply says in the verse, in verse 45, sleep on. He's out there asking them three times to wake up and pray for him and pray with him, and they won't. They can't. They keep going to sleep. You know what? This wasn't Jesus just being a nice guy and letting them sleep. It wasn't Jesus just giving in to their longing for more sleep. It wasn't Jesus just being okay with their disconnection from what he wanted them to do, uh, even though the, the, the hour was urgent. This wasn't Jesus condoning their sleep. You know what, right after he says, rise uh, and let's be going, he just wanted to keep moving. There was stuff to do. You know what, Jesus was revealing to them that they were going to do what they wanted to do regardless of his will. And we need to be careful that we don't plod along in our lives and doing our own thing regardless of God's will for our lives. Do you know what, God has a plan and a purpose and this when somebody says this, when a preacher gets something and says that, everybody switches off because they've heard that a million times. But God has a plan and a purpose for your individual life. You're, you're, you're made and created to do more than we're doing. And that's for us all. And that's for everybody online. What does God want you to do? He gave you life. What's the purpose of the life you have? What's the purpose of God creating the church of we don't do anything in it. We need to get involved. You know what? Jesus was reminding his disciples that in spite of three times that he begged them to pray, and they didn't, he was just simply reminding them that you do you and I'll do me. What did Jesus do? He reminded them that even though you're not doing anything as the Christian people, the devil and the bad people out there are still doing their thing. When the disciples were sleeping, what was he doing? What was Judas doing when the disciples were sleeping? See, he wasn't sleeping with them. And the church has been a little bit asleep for the past couple of years with the COVID stuff going on. We've taken our foot off the, the gas in a sense. We've relaxed a little bit. You know, we, we've, we've not been doing as much as we'd previously been doing. And we needed to do more even then. But we've really taken a step back. But what was Judas doing? What was the devil doing at that time? He had Judas in the enemy's camp selling, betraying Jesus to, uh, to get some money. 
you know what? Just because the Christians take a step back, it doesn't mean the devil does. The devil is still very active. He's still uh, ruining people's lives. He's still drawing people into temptation. And uh, something I want to say to you, you know, Jesus was trying to get the disciples to pray. And why was he trying to get them to pray? Because he reminded them, pray that you enter not into temptation. They needed to pray. They needed to pray for themselves. They needed to pray that they were in the right place. They needed to pray for God's protection. But they found themselves too sleepy. You know what? They found themselves just wanting to do their own thing. But the devil wasn't sleeping that night. He was working overtime that night. You know what? They needed to pray, but they were sleeping. You know what? You're going to find this. You're going to find when there's wrong being done, there's a buzz in it. There's an excitement in it. Do you ever get that when you're doing wrong? There's a buzz in it. It's exciting. But you know what? That's often missing when you're doing right. When you're doing right, sometimes it's just a slog. We're doing right. You know what? It's exciting doing wrong. We need to make sure that we get excited about doing right. When the, the disciples are sleeping, Judas wasn't sleeping. You know what? Through this story, uh, these disciples, I mean, they were, we're talking about a physical sleep, but those disciples were spiritually sleeping before they were ever physically sleeping. Those disciples had no idea what was going on, and Jesus had been telling them what was going to be going on. Jesus had told them he was going to the cross. He told them he was going to die. None of them picked up on it. They didn't realize what was happening. So even though they were physically sleeping now, they'd been spiritually sleeping all the way up to this situation. You know what? They, were, um, they, they weren't really aware of the coming trials. They weren't expecting the trials coming the way they were coming. That night was the night of all nights. That was the night where the Messiah was going to be taken and slain. For the, and he was going to be taken and he was going to be uh, judged. You know, that was, a, that was a, 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 the, the night where it all began, going to the cross. But you know what? Even though the, the situation was um, extremely serious and the situation was one of those pivotal moments in the history of man, you still had the disciples. Look at verse 33 with me. Can somebody read verse 33 nice and loud for me? Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Okay, so this is, this is part of the story. So the Judas turns up with, with, the, with the mob to, to arrest Jesus and betrays Jesus with a kiss. We know that betrayed with a kiss. It's a Bible term. You know what, and what's Peter's first thing? He wakes up, and he's all set, and, and he comes out with one of these ridiculous, uh, just before that, he comes out with this ridiculous thing about, uh, though all men shall be offended, he shall never be offended. And it sounded great, and he probably felt great about himself saying it. The thing about Christianity is, it's very easy to talk about, it's a different thing when it comes to doing it. And that's what I would say. We need to not just be people that can talk the talk, we actually need to put our words into action. Very easy to sing the songs on a Sunday morning on a Wednesday night. But when you walk out that door, those songs need to become action. You need to be able to see God working in your life. You need to be able to go to God for strength and help in time of need. You know, we need to be able to access God's grace in our lives throughout the week. You know, what about Peter and his uh, response then? Look at verse 51. This is, this is his response when the... Uh, when Judas turns up and Jesus is betrayed, you know, um, in verse 51. Could somebody else read 51 for me? And behold, one of them which were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword 
Okay, so here we go. Brave Peter, what's he doing? He's being fleshly. That's what he's being doing. He wakes up from his slumber and he, all the ruckus is going on. He pulls out his sword and he, he goes to, to cut the, the guy's head off. He misses because who goes to cut off somebody's ear? You don't. You go to cut off their head. So he sl- swings the sword, trying to cut off his head, trying to kill him. He misses, chops off the guy's ear. That's not what Jesus was all about, by the way. Jesus wasn't training them how to use swords. Jesus wasn't training them how to use a bone arrow. Jesus never done anything like that. Jesus wasn't in the business of taking somebody's life like that. What did Jesus do after that? Heal the guy's ear. That's not what Jesus wanted to happen at that point. But you know what? Peter didn't realize the battle that they were facing in the garden that day, that wasn't the real battle that was going on. That wasn't what was going on at all. When they woke up, when they were disoriented, they didn't know what was going on. They were fighting the wrong people. They were fighting the wrong way. You know, uh, people that are asleep or about to go asleep will fight in all the wrong ways. They will fight with the wrong people. Um, not going to turn there for time's sake, but in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it says this. It says, talking about a fight, talking about a battle, it says this. For though, our walk in the flesh, so, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Verse 5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And having in a, a readiness to revenge of all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. You know what? Our battle is not with the people outside. Our battle is often a battle of the mind. It's the thoughts that run through our head. It's the thoughts when, when I say that we can do more and there's something in you that says, I don't want to do more. It's the thought that when you, God encourages you to share the gospel with somebody or speak up to somebody about your faith, there's something in you that wants to recoil and wants you not to do that. You know what? Our battle is not a fleshly battle. It's a spiritual battle. And although uh, Peter thought he was doing the right thing, he was doing things all the wrong way, his fight wasn't with them. His fight was last night with him, that night with himself when he was asked to pray and he hadn't even got it in him to pray with Jesus. When his Savior asked him to pray with him and pray for him, he hadn't even got the character out of Christianity to get down on his hands and knees and stay awake with Jesus and pray with him. You know what? Uh, it's a tragic thing, but then he gets up and he's flinging a sword around as if he's some kind of hero of a war movie. He had missed it altogether. You see, it's not a fleshly battle we're in. It's often a spiritual battle, and we need to get ready for that spiritual battle. You know what? They were, they were feeble in their stand. They, they just weren't able to stand right the disciples that night. Why? Because they had a wrong focus. You know what? In verse 56, it tells, it tells you what happened to them. You know what? Jesus gets arrested. In verse 56, the disciples fortook, forsook him and fled. In verse 58, Peter follows, but he follows, the Bible tells us, afar off. He doesn't follow close. He's not saying, Jesus, my saviour, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stay right here with him. I want to know what you are doing with him. Is that what he said? No. He just kept quiet and stood afar off in the shadows, hiding back there, afraid for his own life. This is the man who was saying that, though all men shall be offended, I will not be offended. You know what? It's easy to do the talking until the crowd shows up, and then you have to put your faith into action. If you read verse 69 to 75, you'll find that Peter denied even knowing Jesus three times. 
What a sad state that is. One minute you're chopping off a guy's ear to defend Jesus, and then suddenly when you realize what you're doing, you're hiding and you're pretending you didn't even know Jesus. You're denying your own faith. You know what? We need to be so careful that uh, we understand that, you know, um, they slept in spite. Now, we're, we're, you know, really going after the disciples, I suppose, tonight for that, for that situation that they get into. But many times they show great faith in their walk with God. And in our church and, and in times in our church, uh, we've seen God do great things. And like I said, even all through COVID, God was at work. God has never not been at work. But I just think it's time to rise up and, and do a little bit more. Uh, you know, um, the disciples, they, they held off even though that there was, the betrayal was happening that night. You know, in verse 45 and 46, they slept while one of them was off betraying Jesus. Do you know what? Well, I don't know if they even knew that, one of the other, that Judas wasn't even there. Maybe they didn't even know. Sometimes in church we get busy and we get active and we're tired ourselves and maybe we don't notice somebody's not here. Maybe we forget to call somebody and say, are they okay? You know what, we need to make sure that we, we check in on each other, we help each other, we support each other, we love each other. Who's looking after Judas that night? Nobody. Maybe he lied to them about where he was going, I don't know, it doesn't tell you. But as a church, we need to make sure that we're keeping an eye on each other, especially when people are are not around or find their heart to get out or, or, or whatever. You know what, just because you don't see somebody in the service, it doesn't mean they're not watching online. Uh, make sure we're still connecting with people. You know what, um, the disciples were asleep, they were drifting, and it's so easy for us to be drifting in our Christianity. It's so easy for us to fall into the groggy, slow, sleepy, yaw, yawning type Christianity where we're just ticking the boxes and we're being here and we're, we're singing the songs and, you know, all that kind of stuff, but... Christianity is so much more than that. It should affect every area of your life from your, your finances to your time, what you do, how you speak, how you live, what kind of neighbor you are, what kind of father or son you are. It should affect every area of your life. You know, uh, the church as a whole across the world really needs to wake up and get moving again. You know what? Uh, we've had probably two years across the world where missionaries probably haven't been in, in Bible colleges, haven't been trained haven't been getting sent out. They haven't been going on deputation. I know loads of missionaries that aren't on deputation anymore because the churches were closed. They have no means to go to. You know, we as a church need to make sure that we're mindful of our missionaries. We need to be mindful of giving to the missionaries, praying for them. We need to be mindful that God might want us to be a missionary and go and be involved in, in full-time ministry. You know, we need to be involved in, in tithes and offerings. We need to make sure that we put God first in our finances. You know, I, I, I said earlier, a couple of the men got, got jobs this week. That wasn't a plug so I could get your tithes and offerings this week. But you know what? I would always say, always put God first. God expects you to tithe. It's not an optional thing. And it's not, you know, um, will I do this or that's just like tithe? No, God says you should tithe from your income. Let me encourage you. That is, that is where, where it needs to be. And you show me what you do with your money, I'll show you what you really love. Do you really, really, is this real for you? If it is, there won't be a problem with you giving. It's when it's not, it's, it's hard to give. And just because we don't hand around an offering bag anymore, that doesn't mean you're off the hook, okay? <laughs> but there's lots of ways to give in the church, okay? Just let me encourage you with that. Um, it's a huge part of, of Christianity and of uh, church life. 
Um, and it's not just for church life. It's what God tells us to do. What about outreach? You know, I know New Hope's outreach has stopped. hasn't happened in, man, a couple of years now. You know what I've been challenged with this week? Why am I doing outreach right now? Who's going out and going to speak to the addicts if we don't? Who's going to tell them that there is hope if, if we don't, that no? And uh, New Hope, or you, whatever you want to call it this week, uh, we'll talk about it at a staff meeting tomorrow. We're going to have to start going out and doing some outreach. We're going to have to start going out and talking to people uh, again. Let me encourage you, we need to be involved in outreach. You know what, COVID has provided, a, I won't say excuse, but it provided a reason that made it difficult for people to be able to go out and witness and share, give people anything they, they would think you have to play if you're trying to hand them a gospel leaflet or something like that. But those times are changing, things are moving on, and we, I think we can get back to um, doing stuff. And I would encourage you, if you're, if you're, the church is always putting stuff online. If you're online, always share the church's stuff. Give it a like, give it a share. You know what that does? That tells your friends and gives your friends a reference point where they can log in and like it. You know what, we've loads of friends on Facebook, but maybe they don't see the connection with church all the time. Let me encourage you to do that. It's a great way of spreading the message and getting people to know what we do here. You know what, um, we, need to, we need to just start going and taking ground again, I believe. You know what, these disciples, you know what, they were sleeping. And they didn't realize that while they were sleeping, the devil was at work. And that's the same with us. Maybe we've been just drifty and COVID has caused us to slumber a little bit. But it's time to wake up. It's time to rise and wake up and start moving forward again and get a burden again. You know, um, look at verse uh, 53 with me. Verse 53 and get somebody else to read once everybody's looking. You know what? There's a battle ahead. There's a, there's a battle ahead for us all. You know what? The disciples slept in spite of the imminent battle that was, was going to take place. Somebody read verse 53 for me. Okay, so Jesus is saying to the disciples here, he's not defending himself. And he turns around and says to them, listen, don't worry about it. If I wanted, I could pray to my father and my father would send 12 legions of angels down. You know why? Because the angels were ready. I'm sure the angels were ready to just get that call to go down and deal with the men in the garden. No problem to them at all. You know what? We need to have that readiness as well. We need to be ready to answer God's call. We need to be ready should Jesus command us to go or tell us to speak or tell us to share our faith with somebody. You know what? Jesus acknowledged that they were going to be under attack. He prepared them. He'd spoken to them about it. But you know what? Even though they were um, kind of, you know, asleep, even though they were, you know, uh, not, I suppose, prepared as they should have been prepared, Jesus was still doing his thing. Just because the church has not been doing what maybe, and I say the church, I don't just mean life guy, I mean the church in general, just because we haven't been able to do certain things, it doesn't mean that God hasn't been moving. God has been doing great things across the world. You know, pastors often talked about the, how far the gospel has gone forward through the live stream and stuff. Churches, you know, I've been in churches where they, they would tell you that the, the internet was of the devil. You know, they, nobody should be on anything. Now they're, now they're doing their services online. You know, what's changed? God has made it so they've had to go online. Otherwise, they couldn't, couldn't get the message out there. 
You know, we need to make sure that we see that there's a battle ahead. You know, we're in a war, and you say, are we in Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan? No, we're in a culture war. Our culture hates Jesus. And you know, if it had its way, we wouldn't be able to meet. We wouldn't be able to preach certain things. You wouldn't be able to say certain things from the pulpit. And you know, if COVID has shown us anything else, it showed us how easy it was for the churches to be able to close down and not be open. And it wouldn't take much for them to say, listen, you can't meet anymore. You don't like what you're saying, so you can't meet anymore. What you're saying isn't right. You know what? We need to be real careful. We are in a spiritual war, and we need to be making sure that we're ready, we're active, and we're busy about the work of God, even right now. You know what? The disciples were, um, you know, sleeping. They were letting this moment pass them by when they should have been awake and on their knees praying. I'm going to look at the last slide. We're just about done. Um, look at verse 37 with me. Look at verse 37. And if somebody else could read verse 37 for us. Okay, he began to be sorrowful. That's talking about Jesus. And he began to be sorrowful and very heavy. That word heavy there gives you the idea of being troubled, being depressed, down in anguish, in distress. And you know what? Jesus was carrying a heavy burden that night. He was carrying a heavy load. And he was began to be sorrowful and very heavy. He knew what was coming. He knew one of his was going to betray him. But he also knew the cross was coming ever so closer to him. And it wasn't the pain of the nails that he was wincing from. It wasn't being having the crown of thorns jammed upon his head. It wasn't the whip that he was um, heavy about. He wasn't recoiling from the pain. He was recoiling because he knew there was going to be a separation between him and the Father when he got crucified and when he died on the cross. The, 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 the beating and the scourging and the crown of thorns and the nails and hanging on the cross and all the pain physically that went along with that, that was not why Jesus was heavy. He was heavy because he was going to the cross. There was going to be a separation between Jesus and the Father for the first time in eternity, and it was going to be the worst thing ever. At that moment, he was going to take upon himself the sins of the world. And that doesn't sound much, but the sins of the world from the beginning of time to the end of time, the worst of the worst throughout history, Jesus made uh, salvation available from, uh, from his death. And we need to understand, you know, Jesus carried a heavy burden. And when he begged them to pray with, with him that night, he pleaded with them. You know, he rebuked, he questioned them, and nothing worked. So what does he tell them? Just go sleep on and do your own thing. You know what? May Jesus never have to say that to us, to put us aside and him just carry on without us. We need to be going hand in hand with him. You know, um, praise the Lord that he doesn't sleep. You know, praise the Lord that while they were all sleeping, what was Jesus doing? He was praying. He went off to intercede to the Father. He went off to, to pray even though they wouldn't pray. You know, where's Jesus right now? Where's the Bible tell us Jesus is right now? Doing what? Interceding for us. Uh, Romans 8, 34. 
You know what? God is, is praying even now. He didn't stop. He doesn't sleep. He's not sleeping on the job. He knows what's been going on. He knows what the needs are in our church and the church worldwide. He knows where we're at. He knows the next steps we need to take. What we need to do as individuals, as a church, and, and as Christians around the world and involved in ministry and just in, involved in local church ministries, we need to get, get a hold of what God's trying to do right now and get involved in it. Jesus hasn't stopped. He's not sleeping. He's moving forward. Things are still happening. He's still working in people's lives. He's still drawing people to himself. The cross still draws men to it. Salvation is still available for all of mankind if they will come and repent of their sin. You know what? God is still available for people to cry out in their time of need. You know what? Look at verse 41 there. What does it, what does it say? What was Jesus telling them? Pray that you enter not into temptation. Why? Because he knew. He knew what? Somebody read verse 41 for us. Okay, so we can have a willingness. There's something in us all that wants to do more. But it's when it comes to actually doing more, then the flesh kicks in. It's like, ah, no, you know. But Jesus encourages us to pray. One, helps us through temptation, that we don't go into temptation, but also prepares us for the, the work ahead. We need to make sure that we're a praying church. We need to make sure that we're a giving church. We need to make sure that we're a going church that we're doing stuff here and that we're sending church that we're sending people from here to go start churches around the world and that is our function that's what we we should strive to do that's what we should pray for uh, we have a bunch of teenagers in our church wouldn't it be wonderful if god was to call one of them to be a pastor and send them from this church wouldn't that be wonderful you know god's done that in the past in our church you know that's what we need we need god to be moving in our church you know, we can step up. You know, um, you know, we have a lot of people that come through the doors of our church in the two services on a Sunday morning. There's a lot of people that watch online. And there's more people even that tune in and watch the messages during the week and all that. We don't always see that. But you know what? It's God's doing a work in our church. And we need to get involved in what he wants to do. And if that means we need to sacrifice or we need to do a bit or we need to... Um, Swallow our pride a little bit and go speak to somebody and share our faith with somebody. That's what we need to do. We have a message of hope to a lost and dying world. And we need to get better at putting it out there. We need to get better at actually delivering God's message to the people. He's busy right now. What's he doing right now? He's interceding for us. He's interceding that we would do what he wants us to do. He's preparing a way for us. He's dealing with people's hearts and lives and, and uh, working in the background. And we need to get along and do what he would want us to do. So, uh, will you watch and pray or will you choose to sleep on? You know what? We need to get involved in what God wants to do. Not just do stuff for the sake of doing it. That's, that's no good. But we do need to do all that God would want us to do. And like we started off with, God has a plan for your life. And there's lots of people in the room that have been in addiction before. You've slept years of your life away. And God wants to restore your life, but not so that you have it and you do your own thing with it. He wants you to use your life after he's given it back to you. Would there be an openness for Jesus to be able to use your life? 
Because you know what? Once we get fixed, it's very easy for us to just do our own thing. What happened with the blind man? Jesus healed him on the road uh, to Jericho. When he got healed, what did he do? He got up and he followed Jesus in the way. What did he do? He started following Jesus. And that's what we need to be. We need to be a people who, when God walked in our lives, we go on then following Jesus and letting Jesus use our lives. So uh, I am done. Going to turn back over to uh, Josh to come and um, clo- I'll close in prayer and then we will um, have Josh do our final song and then we'll take up prayer requests. So if there's prayer requests that you want us to pray for online, if you would please message them in, we will get them and uh, we will pray uh, on your behalf here and do pray with us at home. Uh, but let us close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your love and your mercy to us. Lord, what a privilege it is to be able to meet uh, in church and Lord to hear preaching and, and Lord to read from the scriptures and Lord just to be challenged again about where we're at where we should be and Lord uh, for you to be lifted up for us to be able to see you and all that you can do uh, Lord even though those disciples Lord fell asleep and didn't do what you needed them to do in, in, in the time of need Lord you restored them they became great men of faith they they, they changed the world, and the, and the record says that they turned the world upside down. Lord, may it be that this church, Lord, would turn the world upside down. May we be powerful in our witness, and our missionaries would be effective in all that they do. And Lord, for all that you'll do and say in our church and our ministry here in Tala, Lord, we'd be sure to give you the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen.